What I want to teach on tonight, I believe if you open your heart, uh, some things can happen spiritually tonight. The, um, this has been stirring on my... Oh, let's go ahead and dismiss our kids. Thank you, Tiffany, for walking out on me. Uh, now I remember what she's doing. And um, uh, so, I, so just open your heart because I, I've been using the term... I'm going to be talking about oppression, what it means. And in the last couple of live streams, I, I've kind of mentioned it in the service, is that I believe a lot of people operate under some degree of oppression and don't even realize it. But I stated uh, several times over the last, say, six months, year, I've asked the question, how far can you walk on the Word of God? Now, now that's a question that you should really uh, ask yourself. Um, is to what extent you can, you can stand on the Word of God. So the Word of God says something. doesn't matter what it says. You know, we're in the Bible, we're reading something. And it's a word for us today. We can see that, that God's wisdom is in it for us. Okay, but how far can you stand on it? Or let's, let's say it this way. When things don't look like it's working according to the Word of God, when does pressure come on you to start looking for an alternative? Because if we, if we go into a, just a study of the Bible, of the Word, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Therefore, we know that the Word is God, and, and you cannot actually use God's name without referring to the Word, because He is the Word. Jesus, verse 14 in John chapter 1, became flesh, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So now in that Word, how far can I stand on that Word? Now that become now all of us if we if we drew out a line you know one mile two mile three miles all of us would be a little bit different uh, depending on our, our maturity our tolerance our probably our stubbornness would would play into it you know if you can get like fixated on a goal uh, or something like that but when when does when do I start determining a different course because we 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 have that breaking point in fact. I've used it out of Mark chapter 1, uh, when the leper came to Jesus, I know you can heal me, but will you heal me? He was dealing with the question mark in his heart. So the, the statement I'm making on how far can you go in the word of God is going to deal with the question mark in your heart. I, I, I was listening to a person talking that was raised in a church, and they confess to be atheists now, that there is no God, because somewhere in their teens or something like that, uh, there was a car wreck, and, and their best friend got killed. And it was such a tra traumatic thing to them, they've now decided there is no God. So, so what they grew up on, because they were, were raised in church, you know, to that point, uh, what they grew up on had no basis in their life, their functioning life now. And that's where my... My, my question comes on this statement of how far can you walk with God? Now, when we determine that, how far can we walk with God? Now we've got to ask ourselves, what causes us to look at a different path? And we can, we can put some lists down, you know, pressure, uh, past experiences, you know, it's never worked for me before, what's well, going to work now, you know, we start talking to ourselves and there's several things that we could come up uh, with. So when... When something other than free, now I don't mean free like without cost. I mean the whole word of God is about being free. When something else 
other than free controls your decision, there's an element of oppression working. Now, you have to look at yourself and realize, have you ever made, like, like you're, you're faced with a condition. Something's happening in your life, whatever it is, doesn't matter again. But there's this pushing force to go a certain direction. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yes. Do you think that pushing force is just you? I, I mean, it's coming from, it can either be coming from within, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, or it can be pushing you from without. So, so now, if you're free, there is no push. If you're free to make a decision in a critical point of your life, we make decisions all day long. If you're free, you will make a free choice of what you're going to do. Now, you have a free choice to not serve God, to not follow God, and you could do that. Most people are pushed in that realm because of some hurt, some this, some that. But there are people that they just know, just logically, I don't believe there is a God. One day they will know that there is a God. Hell's going to be a long time. But, uh, but if we're free, there is no pushing force. Now, Sunday I talked about decisions, and, and I did the illustration. Remember when I got on Peter, and I'm like pushing him and hitting his shoulders? And, okay, that's the way the enemy operates in our life, that, that compulsion to move. I've got to do it. I've got, got to respond to this. Oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? And God's saying, just follow me. He's a gentleman. Just, just follow me and it'll all work out. Okay, so there, there is no pressure from God because God wants freedom of decision. So now we got to look at ourselves. Am I free to make decisions? Now, everybody thinks they're free, but really, what is the wind that's pushing your sail? Because if, there, if there's some wind pushing your sail, then you're not free. Because God's not going to push you. So God wants us to be free. Now, oppression's goal is to control our decisions. That is the goal of oppression. And I'm going to define pressure, oppression and, and explain what it is. But the goal of oppression, which you're going to see as a spiritual force, is to control yours, my decision. God's goal is a free choice. Lord, I want to serve you. I don't care what this world has to offer. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what I'm feeling. I want to serve you. He wants a free choice of somebody that will, will serve him. Oppression wants you to say, I can't do that. Oh, that's asking too much. Oh, I don't know if I can walk in this. Because oppression's goal is to control a decision. Now, I'm not going to preach on it tonight, but you might want to look over to people who have control issues. Because where does the control issue come from? There's people who have mastered oppression. Because control doesn't come from God. Are there, are there churches that can try to control? Absolutely. But you, God doesn't control. It's a free choice on how you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's God. Okay, are, are you following me? So turn to Numbers chapter 13. Amen. I'm going to give you some examples. And we're going to look at this from an oppressive statement. 
Okay, there's a lot of things we could preach on in these verses I'm going to read, but my topic is oppression. So in Numbers 13, 31, it says, but the men now now what we're doing is the spy, 12 spies have gone in to Canaan and, uh, you know, spied it out. Two of them came back with the good report. Ten of them came back with the bad report. We're going to read the bad report. Okay, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sights. Watch this, 14.1. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron and the whole congregation and said to them, would God that we had died in the land of Egypt or would God we had died in this wilderness. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us up unto this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should pray where were it not better for us to return unto Egypt. Now, why? Why did they go? Remember, I'm looking at this, this story from a, 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 a statement of oppression. Why did they so easily hear the negative report? Something had a hold on them. One, they had just spent 40 years in the wilderness. They, come on, praise God for the manna, but 40 years of eating the same thing? I would have been tired of it by Tuesday. You know, I would have struggled. Um, they wandered around going from here to there. And, uh, and they're, they're now at the, the promised land. And all of a sudden they hear this and that, you know, you know, some people have what's called a negative bias. I knew this wouldn't work for us. They, they live their life with a negative bias. Now, what does it mean if you live your life with a negative bias? Every bits of information, everything that you look at, everything that you experience, you are going to default to the negative. It won't work. Uh, there's a problem with this. Why can't we do this? You're going to default over to the negative. This person that has a negative bias is, as a Christian is really going to struggle in faith. Because faith is, in and of itself, a positive bias. Man, did you hear how silent it's just like... You will struggle in faith if you have a negative bias because faith is a positive bias. It's going to work out for me. All things work for the good of those that love and called according to his purpose. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Doesn't matter what it is. But, but if you notice, I don't know the percentage, but it's a very good percentage of people, like over 50%, probably over 75% uh, are negatively biased. They're looking for and trying to protect themselves from something negative happening to them. Uh, most people believe circumstances more than the word of God. Most people will look at their checking account and believe the number more than they will believe what God said. Most people believe their feelings more than what God says. I just, in fact, Ralph even pointed that out. I said, read the word. I don't know if I can do that. You know, you, you get this uh, f negative feeling. You get this feeling of I can't do that or, or whatnot. 
A lot of people have a negative bias. Now, if you have a negative bias and you're a Christian, I'm telling you, you're going to struggle with faith. Why won't this work for me? Man, I, I pray, I read the word of God, I confess the word of God, I profess the word of God, but you have a negative bias. You're, you listen to your talking, you know, along the way. You're always talking about what's happening to you, what's stopping you, why you can't do it. Now, if he's given us all things, what do we not have? There's nothing we don't have. He's given us all things. Why can't we obtain it? Well, it might be because we have a negative bias. Or it might be because of oppression, which is my message tonight. Now, look, uh, um, look at 14.3. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Where Would it not be better to return into Egypt? They not only had a negative bias, believed a negative word, but they overreacted. Have you ever met an overreactor? You know what they do consistently? Overreact. Now, if you have a negative bias and you overreact, now you're extrapolating damage that's going to happen to you because of this situation of which you are overreacting to. Now, two things control these people's behaviors. Number one is the words. They heard words. We're hearing words all the time or we're seeing words. We, we experience something and it says something to us. You follow what I mean? Yes. The other thing was oppression. Something had a control on them to turn them into, because looking at verse three there, the overreaction, something was able to grab hold of them. See, if there's nothing to grab hold of, how can something else turn you? When, when we react to something, now part of it may be a trained behavior that we just react negatively to everything, so we're going to react ne negatively, but once we develop the behavior, the enemy has a hold on us to help us go there fast. That's why when somebody starts acting out, as they perfect anger, they can jump into it faster. When they perfect depression, they can jump into it faster. See, because, because the world in what you are looking for is going to come to you. Read uh, uh, Norman Vincent Pill's uh, book, uh, The Power of Positive Thinking. What you're seeking, you will find. In fact, there's even a scripture that seeking you shall find. It's not just positive. Oh my goodness, I don't know how we're going to make it. Inflation is so high, we're going to be broke. You're looking to be broke. You're looking how to be broke. You go to the gas station, you put the thing in there. Oh, my goodness, man. Uh, try filling up my truck. It's got a 33-gallon tank, man. We're, we're talking triple digits every single time. You know? Uh, do I look? No, I just fill it up. How much you pay for gas? Uh, I don't know. I didn't look at it. I just needed gas, so I filled it up. Go down and get some eggs. How much? Oh, get a couple dozen. What did what'd you pay for them? Uh, I don't know. Let me get the receipt out. I just got a couple of dozen A's. That's what, because I, I internally, I believe. Now, I'm a good steward of money. I don't overspend. Uh, I, I stay within our budget. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm prudent with our money. But I'm not burdened down by the cost of things because I have an internal belief that God will supply all my needs. In fact, I heard a preacher just the other day say, say that um, uh, people talking about, man, they're taxing us to death. Well, 
quit letting taxes kill you, number one. Clean your mouth up. Uh, but number two, the preacher said, he said, every time I write my tax check, I, I pray and I say, God, I'm sowing this and I expect a return on it. And I thought, wow, that's powerful. That's a whole different way to look at taxes. Yeah, amen. All right. So the goal of oppression is to control. Now, the dictionary definition of oppression is exercise of authority or power in a burdensome, cruel, or unjust manner. So, so the goal of oppression is to control, and the definition of oppression is to exercise authority or power. So, so I got Peter here, a Christian. He's trying to walk in everything that God has for him. But, but I want to come in and, and grab something on him. So that, so that I can move him a different direction. Now, now if I don't have a hold on him, then, then he can just walk straight and walk, stay in his path. But, but if he's got something that I can grab a hold on, I can yank him. I can take control over the situation. So when something is controlling my decision, there is to some degree oppression. Because what took us there? Does anybody enjoy being in fear? What takes you there? Something takes you there. Does anybody enjoy focusing on lack? But many people live in lack. Something takes you there. Does anybody enjoy being sick? How many times you heard somebody say, I'm trying to get sick? Well, praise God. May he help you. <laughs> well, I think I'm just a catch in the cold. Well, man, I hope you're a bad ball player. Maybe you'll drop it. Okay, what makes us go there? See, there's got to be something. Because we all said, no, I don't like lack. No, I don't like sickness. No, I don't, I don't like, uh, uh, whatever the first thing I said was anger or whatever I said. Uh, we don't like those fear. We don't like those things. But we go there. Oppression is the exercise of authority or power. So, so there's, there's an outside force now, if you, if you tie this into John 10, 10 that I talked about on Sunday, the thief only comes but for to kill, steal, and destroy. What is going to be one of the major ways? Get us to make a decision that takes us away from life. Being, you know, God. Make a decision under duress, under pressure. I just had to. No, you didn't. Yes, no, you don't understand. I just have to. No, you don't. Yes, I just have to. Well, submit yourself. God wants free. I don't have to do anything. I have no problem telling people no. Because I don't have to. A lot of people are afraid of what people are going to think and just get, oh man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just so burdened down. I just, you know, I, I, I got myself in all this. I, why didn't you say no? Oh, I couldn't do that. Really? Why? Was it oppression working in your life? Now, now, this is not a negative. Y'all can smile at some point. Because if you recognize it, you can be free from it. Because if I'm pronouncing the sword right, the etymology of the word oppression. Etymology is the, where it came from. How did it come about? The inflections on it. How it developed over the years and everything like that. 
of the word is it comes from a Latin word that basically means to press upon. So now you might have said, I'm under so much pressure. You ever said that, thought that? Something's pressing on you. Now, he that the Son is set free is what? So are you under pressure if you're free? You're only under pressure if you're under something else. To press upon. Now, if you break down the two words of the spies, you got the ten and you got the two. One, and you look at the definition, in a cruel manner, took authority. Um, does that sound like the people or does it sound like a free decision? See, because when they heard the word, they started crying all night. They started uh, overreacting. They started, uh, we're going to get killed. We're gonna, uh, they're going to do this and they're going to do that to us. Oh, my goodness, look at what we're going through. There were, when, when, when the spies spoke, something that was in the hearers, that grabbed hold of and turned them to go a certain direction. You and I should be able to live, and God has given us this power, you and I should be able to live in, can't touch me? Can't touch me? I mean, just make up something. You know, somebody says, oh, there's a virus coming around. It's going to kill everybody if you don't like just hide and go in your house. Can't touch me. I remember the first day when I came down to the office. It was weird driving down the street. It's like the rapture took place. <laughs> but I don't think the rapture is coming for a bunch of fearful people. It was just me and a police officer on the street one day. And I looked at him and he looked at me. So let's go to let's go to Second Kings chapter six. Amen. God wants us free. Jesus sent His Son to be free. He, the Son, set free is free indeed. Second Corinthians chapter six. Corinthians I'm sorry, Second Kings chapter six. Thank you. Uh, verse fifteen. Uh, another story we're going to give you. We're looking at this from the standpoint of oppression. This is when um, the, the, the army of the Syrians were surrounding the prophet and his servant. When the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not. So obviously what he said was with a little bit, uh, <clears throat> Master, yes. the Syrian army is all around us. What are we going to do? Okay, so, so when he saw something, when he heard the words of the army, now, not necessarily that they said something to him, when he walked out of their living quarters and looked around, he walked back in. We got a problem. Now, something had to tell him that he had a problem. Well, obviously, in the natural, you got an army standing against you and they're coming after you. We, we're going to tend to think we have a problem. But when the, the, prophet, the servant looked at him, he said, who cares? We're bigger than they are. And, and Gehazi, was it Gehazi? Well, his servant, he said, uh, he probably went, huh? <laughs> when the servant and the man of God was risen early, gone forth, behold, a, a host encompassed, uh, encompassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said, And I lost my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. So, so, so we're talking about oppression, a control in a reaction. 
I, I heard a prayer request, uh, got a prayer request um, from a foreign national, and uh, it broke my heart. Not the prayer request, but the Christians. Because they're, I'm not going to say the, the name or what country it's in, but they were in a country where there was an opposing religion who was driving them out of the cities because they want to kill them. Now, the other religion is an ungodly religion. And the godly people are running for their lives. Pre please pray for them because they want to kill them. Isn't this the story of David and Goliath? See, at what time does the church stand up? This is Gehazi. Oh, my goodness, there's an army around us. Oh, my goodness, there's a bunch of inflation. Oh, my goodness, have you seen the gas prices? Oh, my goodness, they're taxing us. Oh, my goodness. And we, we try to run and hide, and we try to naturally resolve the condition we're in. But Elijah, uh, I think it was Elijah. But anyway, the prophet, um, I can't remember if this is Elijah or Elisha. It's which one? Elisha. Elisha. Okay. And uh, uh, he's like, dude, there's more with us than there is with them. Lord, open his eyes. God opened his eyes and he saw the host, the chariots of, of, of heaven and all the angels surrounding them. I bet you his heart just went to peace because that thing which had a hold of him no longer had a hold of him because he understood now the realm of heaven and the power that was given to them. Now, again, so, so we see two things here. One is free. The other is pressed upon by the circumstance. So when you see a circumstance in front of you, it doesn't even have to be a spiritual battle. It just could be a problem. How many know there's problems in this life? Amen. Get over it. You're not going to get past them. What happens to you when you see the problem? You're either free or you're not free. And to some degree, if you're not free, oppression is at work. God wants us to be free. There should never be a problem that keeps you awake at night. There should never be a problem that causes you to just think about it all day long. There should never be a problem that causes you to react and definitely overreact. We should have a positive bias. We should know that all things work for our good. We should know that God will not allow anything to come on us uh, that we cannot handle. We should not have anything that can grab hold of us and move us because of what the picture looks like in life that we're dealing with. Now, this goes back to the, the scripture that uh, Ralph uh, quoted, be not conformed to this world. Don't, don't act the way the world acts. It's not a problem for you. It's a problem for the world. So, but you don't know what I'm facing. Doesn't matter what you're facing. If God's given you all things, then there's an answer to get through it. You've got to look for the answer and not look at the problem. I find very few people, you know, in 20, almost 26 years of ministry, I have found very few people that cannot look at the problem. Now, you, you, you can, I, I mean, I'm not perfect at this. I'm still working, but you can ask Tammy and the girls, uh, how much do I dwell on problems? Do I get irritated when people dwell on problems? I, they don't move me. Uh, and I go through, I don't get sick. Do I get sick? I rarely ever get sick. Now, I, I, I did have that battle a few months ago that knocked my record off of several years of never getting sick, but I wrote it in my calendar again. I started over. But I don't get sick. 
So what do you mean you don't get sick? That's what I mean. I don't get sick. Amen. Well, how can you not get sick? Because nothing can make me sick. Oh, no, the blossoms are out. We're going to start getting allergies. I ain't. You can have all of it you want. Well, the flu is going around. Everybody's going to get sick. I'm not. Rock on, man. Enjoy your toilet. Maybe clean it now while you're feeling good. <laughs> See, it's your bias. It's what you're looking for. In fact, I told the story many times. Tammy, uh, being a teacher, and a kid would come to school with pink eye, and she'd come home and say, Oh, man, a kid came to school with pink eye, and, and, and I, I don't want pink eye. And guess what she got? She got pink eye. How many times does this happen? Every time. And, but in the house, I'm sleeping next to her. I never got pink eye. I don't think the girls ever got pink eye either, did it? No. But the one confessing it got it. <laughs> it's the bias of what we look for. Okay, so let me go back into the definition. If a person has any amount of oppression operating in their life, Something from the outside is pressing or something from the inside is pressing out. Now, what do I mean by that? If the enemy has a hold somewhere in our life from the outside, he will exert pressure to make us go a certain way because the goal of oppression is to control decisions. But now, like the lady that I talked about that, that became an atheist because a friend of hers uh, was... Uh, died, there was something in her now that was pressing. I'm making a decision because of this past experience. And, and I've, I've mentioned, you know, I did it the other day, a few weeks ago, how many remembers where they were on 9-11? You know, everybody raises their hand. Why? Because it was an emotional, impactful thing. And so we remember the events of that day. Well, you've probably had in your life other emotional impact of days where somebody hurt you, where somebody disappointed you, when somebody turned on you, that now you've not been able to walk free from that. And so Satan can just reach in and grab that and turn you. So it can come from the outside and it can come from the inside. Now, here's some additional meanings of the word oppression from uh, dictionaries and so on and so forth in Greek studies. Burdened. You ever been burdened? It's oppression. No, 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 it's not oppression. I'm just under, under this burden because I got to get this handled. Oppression. He did the sunset free. It's free indeed. Uh, listen to this next one. You'll like it. Weighed down. I just feel like I'm weighed down. You ever say that? I've got the weight of the world on my shoulders. It's oppression. It's a spiritual force. It's coming to control your decisions. Another one, overwhelmed. Ever been overwhelmed? Oppression. It cracks me up how many pastors have to take a sabbatical. I can't handle this anymore. Oppression. Is there oppression in Christ? So the only way that we can experience oppression is to step out of Christ. Let me give you one more. Overpowered. Now, it's a grip that controls us to make a decision. And the decision that we're going to make under the hand of oppression is not the right decision. 
It's a, it's a how do I get this pressure off of me? How do I get out of this? And people make, this is where I've talked about, people make short-term decisions for long-term events. You, you can't, if you make a short-term decision of how do I get out from underneath this, what I'm fighting, you are going to affect your long-term. Th th this happens in America like every single day. People that, that live paycheck to paycheck, it's because they continually make short-term decisions at the risk of long-term. You're going to live longer than this month. You ought to get some money stacked up. It's not my money message. So let's go, let's go to Acts chapter 10. Are you getting anything out of this? Yes, sir. Acts chapter 10. Great scripture. Verse 38. 1038, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Now, the New Testament word translated oppression, um, and, and this one says oppressed, same thing, the new, carries the idea of tyranny, an outside force that is ruling over, subduing, harassing, conquering, or overpowering. You want to tell me that anger is not a form of oppression? You want to tell me control is not a form of oppression? You want to, want to tell me that behaviors are not a form of oppression, like spending all your money and having no money at the end of the, of, of the month? All of these operate under this spirit called oppression. Now, there's things that we see in the, this verse. Number one, not, not like number one in importance, but the number one that I want to deal with. He says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed. Oppression causes sickness. Now, if oppression controls your decisions, you ever see people that, I'm good Christians, believers, read the Bible, pray in the spirit, go to church. But they just go from one thing after another thing, 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 after another thing. You're going to tell me oppression isn't working? God healed, or Jesus healed, the oppressed. <coughs> oppression. And, and I tell you, I, I told you I don't get sick, but I also don't lay in bed and worry. I also don't get moved by things. Now, now let me clarify that because obviously... We have emotions and things affect us, but I don't allow them to cause me to dwell on them. I look for, uh, as I told you uh, many times before, I look for what's the answer in this. I don't look what the problem is. You got problems every day. Okay, what's the answer? Everything has an answer. I just need to find the answer for this. I'm not going to get weighed down by the events and uh, 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 allow them to move or adjust how I operate and uh, because I'm, I'm not going to yield to that. Well, how much of that plays into the fact that I don't get sick? Because oppression causes sickness. Number two, oppression is a work of Satan. Now, Satan come, does not come except for to kill, steal, and destroy. He healed all those that were oppressed of the devil. The devil. So part of Satan's strategy to kill, steal, and destroy is used through oppression to control people to make decisions that take them out of life. Life is the word of God. Okay, now, now I want you to notice this, this third element. He, he went about doing good. 
Now, good battles oppression, not only in yourself, but in other people. So if you will do good, you are standing against the oppression that's trying to operate in your life. And if you do good to somebody else, you can help push back the oppression from off their life. Now, this word good coming from the, uh, the Greek word, um, I can't pronounce it, E-V-E-R-G-E-T-E-O, portrays a, or the idea gives, is a benefactor, a philanthropist, or one who supports charitable works. So what it's doing is describing a person who uses their talents, their times, their resources to help the disadvantaged. Now, most people live their life as what can I get for me? That's actually an open door for oppression. If doing good beats back oppression, then being self-focused is going to open the door for oppression. Because I, I liked what Ralph said about, um, what did he say? Uh, I, I liked what he said about how his salary was not enough in that word. What, did, what was the word like? Everest? Uh, something like that. I can't remember how he pronounced it. But it's like, it's never enough. Uh, I, I remember, uh, uh, who, was the, who was the family behind Standard Oil? Was it Rockefeller? Whoever was behind Standard Oil, they were, at the time, it was like in the 1930s, they were interviewing him. And uh, it's one of the big name families, if it's not Rockefeller, it's one of the other ones. But uh, at the time, they were, just like in the 1930s, they were making a million dollars net a day. Now, in the 1930s, we were still in the gold standard. Money was actually worth something. And uh, so a million dollars a day was pretty good. Uh, today, when money is a fiat currency, and it's, worth, it's not worth the paper that it's printed on, um, we just accept it as being that a million dollars a day would be pretty nice, wouldn't it? And so he was being interviewed, and he was asked, how much is enough? And he said, just a little bit more. A million dollars a day. Now, just think about it. If you're getting a million dollars a day, when you do, would you say, turn off the spigot, I'm done? It's because we, we, we all operate under this. But now, there, there's that element of self. I want to keep coming. Why do you want to keep coming? Oh, security. I can do this. I can do that. Everything like that. But wait a minute. If we have do, going about doing good is, is a fight against this, this force of oppression. Now, we all have some personal resources uh, and helping uh, out of our overflow. Now, most people don't have an overflow because they're consumer-minded. <coughs> gimme, 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 my name is Jimmy. You know, th this is for me, but if you, if you live godly, and this will be a biblical principle, you will have excess. God's not wanting you to dig into your well and dry up your well. He says use the overflow to help others. But see, if we can't break this mind, why can't we break the mindset against it? Well, that's mine. I can do more with that. Oppression. Okay, I'm messing up my financial mess. Nobody wants to come and listen to it anymore. Yes, sir. Let, let him grab the mic. He's going to hand you a microphone right here so people can hear. I'm going to go back a little bit. When you said that you don't dwell over the problems or like when you're sleeping, but you are looking for the answers. Isn't that a form of oppression? No, because take I... Take a long time. I mean... Take a long time for what? 
to come up with an answer, like you're saying. No, because whenever I'm looking for the answer, I'm not denying there's, there's problems in the world. I'm not denying that things don't come against you. I just don't allow them to come against me. I know there's an answer to overcome whatever's coming against me. So I don't allow worry to set in. I don't get troubled over what's going. I'm just looking for the answer. Where is the door? God's, God's given me a door to everything. And so I focus on the door. Now, sometimes the door's quick. Sometimes the door's long. But I don't change my behavior. That's why if we go back to James chapter 1, he says, let patience have her perfect work. Patience is the consistency of being the same. So, so we look at patience like uh, if somebody's late, we get impatient. But really what it's done is it's changed our behavior. And that's what patience is. So when we're looking at the problems, I can't allow the problem to change my behavior or my outlook. God, God's put this life together for me to dominate. So if something stands in my way of dominating, I'm just looking how, how do I dominate this now? And it doesn't keep me awake at night. I'm not afraid of the criminality that's going on. There's a lot of criminality going on. I mean, a lot of crazy things, you know, just down the street over here by Best Buy Market, the, they had that little shootout and two people died. I mean, horrible incidents. But I'm not afraid to go into a store. I'm not afraid to go someplace because can't touch this. I've been given angels. Doesn't mean that I won't ever be in a situation where I might have to face it, but who's with me is greater than who stands before me. And the resolve in that is nothing can, nothing can come against me. Now, does that mean that nothing will ever happen? Not necessarily. Something may happen, but God's going to give me the resources to come out of it, and I'm going to be better off at the end than I was at the beginning because I'm not going to change my position on how I look about it. Most people are troubled by all the stuff that's going on. And then they enhance it because they sit and watch the news. They're lying to you on most of this stuff, and it just troubles a person even more. And so you can't feed yourself all that negative stuff. I don't watch the news. Now, you can watch whatever news you want to. I don't watch the news. Why do I want to dwell on all the problems? Now, I keep up with current events. I just don't watch it. I'll read headlines, I'll, I'll, I'll read into something, but I don't dwell on it, I don't read it. People sit on, on social media and just listen to all these stupid talking heads and look at this and look at that. I don't do that. I want to know what the Word of God says so that I have it built inside of me. Go ahead. Well, I was going to just say that most of us get so focused on the problem that, and we're praying about it, but you could miss the answer. You won't hear the answer. Absolutely, because that comes back to that negative bias and most people pray on a give me. I, I very rarely pray on a give me. I pray, equip me. Give me the ability to walk against anything. God's given me authority over this whole world. He's given it to you also. He has all power and authority. He's the head, we're the body. He's given it us and a delegated authority. What do I have to be afraid of? Now, do things make me uncomfortable? Yeah, all the time. Uh, are there things that I have to deal with that I don't? Yeah, all the time. But how long does it take me to fall asleep? <laughs> My head hits a pillow, man, and I'm out. And, and, and I, I, these things don't keep me away. I don't worry. I don't sit around all day worrying about things. Because I look at what God has given me, and, and I want, I'm not going to say I'm 100% there, but I don't want anything that Satan can can grab hold of. That's why I, I, I try to keep my mouth. I try to, to be very conservative about what I say. Uh, conservative meaning the number of, of words that I say because I don't want to uh, get into a realm that I'm going to mess myself up. And I'll show you that in just a minute. 
Oh, no. Yes, and I and I that that's a good point. I didn't just come to this. People think, well, yeah, you you're a pastor, you know, obviously you're good. No, 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 no. Just look around at all the other pastors that can't. They're they're worried. They're taking sabbaticals. I don't take sabbaticals. In fact, I have office hours. A lot of them play golf all the time. Um, the uh, um, I have to really work on myself. I've worked on myself for years. I came to the realization that what I'm reading in here is not happening in life here. Do I really want it? I really want it. Now, I'll, I'll tell you also, because I talk a lot about being rapture ready, if you will focus on being rapture ready, you're a long ways into this already. Because rapture ready is not carnal. So now, it, it, that, that's actually the easy way to focus on getting yourself in line with the Word of God to walk in this so these things don't happen. Is How do I walk with God in such a way that I'm rapture ready? Now, the problem is the majority of the church says, if you're born again, you're, you're, you're going up in the rapture. I hate to disappoint you. No, you're not. You've you, you got to be a, a, a without spot or wrinkle. Now, does that mean you've got to be perfect? No, because there's nobody that's perfect except Jesus. And, uh, but where's your, is your heart chasing perfect? Are you dealing with the things that God is dealing with you on to get it cleaned up? Deal with this now. Oh, I don't want to deal with that. Let's do something else. No, 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 no. I need you to deal with this. And, and I'll help you. You will never get to the end of dealing with something because there's another layer underneath that once you get that part dealt with, God wants to take you to a new level of his glory. And so, so we've got to keep chasing him. That becomes another problem. People want everything that God has, but they don't want to do what God says. It, it's not going to work out. So um, doing good, I dealt with that. We all have some resources. We can help people out of the resource we have, and the resource will grow. Then he says, number four, how God anointed Jesus. So now the anointing comes in. You have to understand the anointing. So hold your finger there and go to Isaiah chapter 10. Amen. We're going to come back to, uh, to the verses we were just at. But Isaiah chapter 10, because we have to understand anointing. Isaiah 10, 27 says, And it shall come to pass in that day, that day is when Jesus was in the temple, stood up and read, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden, the devil's burden, remember one of the words that means uh, that uh, oppression means is burden. So his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. So God does not want that burden, that oppression to operate on you and me. We should not have that burden in our life. And his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So the anointing has the power to break off this, this, this element of oppression. How God anointed Jesus. Uh, let me go back to the verse. How God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. So they, he, he was anointed in two elements. One is with the Holy Ghost. Now, a lot of people that are spirit-filled stop at the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm filled with the Spirit. Well, praise God. What are you going to do with it? Because he anoints with the Holy Ghost and with power. If you, if you just walk in the Holy Ghost and forsake the power, you're not going to have the ability to stand against the things that are coming at you. 
Greater is he, he that is in me than he that is in the world. So there's a power element. I have more power than what's knocking on my door. Now, if the enemy has any hold on me, if I've not set up this, this lifestyle of resistance, his uh, oppression, his desire is to control my decisions. And if what's knocking on my door starts changing my decisions, there's something in me that's been grabbed. But he that the Son is set free is free indeed. So we have to come to this state of freedom. Now, so many stop here at the Holy Ghost, but this word power, it's a word dunamis. It's where we get our word dynamite. But really, if you study it out, it goes far greater. It's not just a big bang. It is uh, dunamis, which describes explosive. That's where we get dynamite from. Superhuman power that comes with enormous energy and produces phenomenal, extraordinary, and unparalleled results. That's what you have. What are you afraid of? Why do you still live in fear? Why do you look at the problem, dwell on the problem? You have, if you're filled with the Spirit, you have, 2 Corinthians uh, 4, 4, 7, we have a treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power of God may be of Him and not of us. It's what we're, this is what we're, we're living in. Why am I burdened by something? All I have to do is get out of the, the grips of oppression. Now, go to Galatians chapter 5. Almost done here. Is this making sense at all or am I confusing people? I'm trying to go slow. Galatians 5.1. Stand fast, therefore, in liberty. Freedom. So, so once we get free, you and I have to stand fast in the freedom. But you know how many people, you know, the Bible says a dog returns to its vomit. Do you know how many people run back to the worry, run back to the problems, run back to the negative bias? Because it's at home to them. They're comfortable. They know how to operate in there. They, they miss the, when you start standing up in authority, you're going to miss the sympathy, sympathy that you get from other people. Because one, you're going to make them mad. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. So now what did Christ do? He made us free, correct? So why aren't we free? Be ye transformed through the renewing of your mind. Most people don't want to deal with how they think. Most people don't want to put brakes on what they're thinking. They just want to run with how they feel. Stand fast. Stay in the freedom that Christ made you free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So we can be entangled again. I can pray for you tonight. We can break the power of oppression and things that control you. It can be broken, but you got to want to stand fast in the freedom. Because if you just go back and start meditating on the problems, what you're going through, you, you just walk right back into the entanglement. So once freed, it's our responsibility to not go back. Two systems, freedom or control. The system of control comes from pressure and it comes from without. It's the, the, an element of oppression and then uh, those things that have a hold on us from the inside that we won't walk away from. 
come on. I, I've, shared, I've shared my stories in the, what was it, the second grade or the first grade where the teacher made me get up in front of the class and sing and, and say, no, hit these tones. Da, 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 da. And, and then, you know, and then I come up and I'm off and all the kids are laughing. And uh, I'm the goon up there trying to sing. I can't sing. She's trying to make me sing. It's like, I, I can't carry a tune. I am doing what you're saying. No, you're, it's, you're off. Well, I can't tell. Sounds good to me. You know, and then, then we go out and play baseball or PE or whatever it is. We finally get down to the last two guys. I'm one of them. All right, Shipman, come on. You know, like, they're all excited for me. You know, I, I get out. You know, we have, what's the thing when, when you're in grade school, if you're my age, in the, uh, the president's patch, you know, whatever that thing was. Remember that, older people, like, they had those things that you did and you got a president's patch or something. Man, am I the oldest one in here? And uh, so we had to run like the 40-yard the dash. And I get out there, man, my, my legs are moving fast. And I'm like, well, I can feel the air going through my hair. I had hair there. And I get down there and say, okay, 14 minutes, 35 seconds. I'm not a fast runner. Okay, I got all these stories that I can tell you. But you know what? Most of, the reason I can tell you and laugh about it, they ain't got no hold on me. I'm more successful than most people I went to school with and the teachers that tried to teach me. I'm free. Okay, but you know how many people, well, when I was three, it's like, grow up, get over it. You know what my teacher did to me? My teacher yanked on my ears and grabbed the hair on the back of my neck and pulled me up. It was because I was a smart aleck. I deserved it, but still, I'm not bound by it. My fifth grade teacher, Put me in, you're, you're staying after school and everything like that. There's like seven of us on there. So she's in the office and I crawl back in doing the military crawl and I get to the board and I, I just erased it, erased it and rewrote the names and spaced them out so she couldn't tell. She totally forgot it. I didn't have to stay after school. So, huh? I'm not going to be in bondage to you. Our kids are out, right? Yeah, okay. And then I married a teacher. Yeah, because I'm going to get, you're going to pay me for what you put me through. There's two systems. You're either under control or you're free. Can you talk about, like me, the, the things that damage growing up? Can you talk about it and laugh at yourself without getting all tight on the inside? See, if you can't, there's something that's, that's got a hold on you. Somebody treated you bad. I believe it. Get over it. You know what they told me? I believe it. Get over it. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made you free. You've got to get out of this oppressive force that, and I'm not saying people are devil-possessed, or, or I'm, I'm just saying the way the enemy comes in is through the spirit of oppression that creates a bondage, that creates sickness and disease, that control has a desire to control the way that we want, and we've got to get into the system of freedom. I'm going to operate in freedom. One last verse. John 14. John 14, 30. Last verse, and I'm not going to spend very much time on it. Hmm. All I've got to do is find it. Jesus on his way to the cross says, Hereafter I will not talk much, for the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me. Now, a couple of things that we see out of it. Jesus understood the power of oppression. The enemy's coming. He does not show up except for to kill, stone, destroy. 
I'm not going to let him kill, steal, and destroy anything in my life. Number two, get this, therefore I'm not going to say very much. Because the words of your mouth open up the doors to oppression. Because what many people don't understand is they're confessing, professing the destruction they're walking in. Now, let's, let's stand. I don't want to end this like a normal Wednesday night. Because I, I, I feel that this is too serious. How many can see through this Bible study that there is an element that's pushing them to make decisions? Can you see that? How many wants free from it? He wants us free. That's why Jesus came is so that we can be free. That's what freedom is. Is when you see, because once you get free, you can look at the Bible and say, oh, God's trying to take me something in there. I'll do that. It's, it's oppression that says, ooh, that's going to take up my time. I don't want to do that. But once we get free, we're free to choose, and we can choose Jesus and all that he's promised us. So I'm going to pray, but I want you to pray also. You, you take that area where you see it in your life. You don't need to explain it to me. Just if you recognize that there is, I, I, I get under pressure. Uh, when something comes against me, I, find, I, I start making decisions quick just to get out of it. I can't take uh, these things. Then we're going to bind it right now because all it is is a spirit. So let's all bow our heads. And I want you to get your focus on God. This is what Jesus came for, to set us free. And we can be free from this. Heavenly Father, I pray today, Lord, over all these people. You saw every hand that was raised of people that want free of this oppressive spirit. God, we don't want to be controlled by circumstances. We don't want to be controlled by events. We don't want to be controlled under this pressure decision that we have to do something, God. And so we're standing here before you right now, and I speak to it. I command the, the, the spirit of oppression to break off of people right now. That we stand in the freedom. We're, not, we're going to stand fast in this freedom, that we're going to stand in the freedom of your Holy Spirit. And we're going to walk in this anointing. We're going to walk in this freedom. We're going to stand fast in this, God, because you said it, and we're believing it right now, that Satan has no power over us. We bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Get your hands off the minds. Get your hands off the emotions. Get your hands off the heart of people. Right now, we serve you notice to get back and off their life. And we're going to be free to stand in this. Because the word of God says that we can. We're not going to worry. We're not going to allow worry to come back into our life. We're not going to allow fret to come back into our life. We're not going to allow fear to come back into our life. Nothing, nothing, nothing. You, you said, God, that you're with us, that you make all things possible, that you've given us all things pertaining to life. We will live strong. We will believe we live strong. We will stand against every, every element of darkness in the name of Jesus. We rejoice in it. We claim it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. The Word of God has the power to do that. Take it, believe it, walk in it. In the name of Jesus.